0: When it comes to EVP communications, or electronic voice phenomena, most of those interested in the paranormal would have heard of it in one fashion or another. Today we are going to be telling you a bit more about the history of it, how it works, and one device that you may not have heard of, Frank's box. Everybody and welcome back to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co host, Pagan. How are you today?
1: I am doing wonderful. How are you?
0: I am doing very well as well. Also, huge shout out right at the top of the show as we're recording live on Twitch. Taco Loco threw in a sub. Thank
1: you very much for
0: subscribing. Today, as you guys heard at the beginning, we're going to be talking about EVP electronic voice phenomena. We're going to be talking about this because it's been coming up a lot. We've been discussing it here and there. We've seen a lot of it in Discord, especially um, when we were getting close to Halloween. That was coming up a lot. People were asking for our opinions on it, the validity of it, uh, if we buy into what people were saying they're hearing, all kinds of just different approaches. So it seemed like a good time for you and I to sit down, dive into a bit of the lore of it, where did it start, and uh, talk about some applications to it. I will say I do see this as like, a primer for a larger episode in the future where oh, we yeah. dive into many different aspects of EVP. So for anyone listening to this, just know this is going to be an overview of it to get you caught up. That way, when you're actually having these conversations, you're going in there armed with some knowledge. So, Pegan, shall we start by diving into some of the history of this amazing we technology? So, yes. Between the 1840s and 1940s, the spiritualist religious movement spurred the push for ways to contact the dead with mediums and the use of newly developed technologies. This gets us into that idea. when you, We know the craze of seances and uh, the table tipping, <laughs> all of this. People been fascinating in, in communing with the dead, speaking with them in some way or another. So why not use technology to do it?
1: Absolutely. And I will say that the history of electric, electronic voice phenomenon, or EVPs, is a lot more extensive than what we're going to uh, talk about. I simply just couldn't include it in all of the stuff that we were going to talk about because of time constraints. There's a lot of history. So we're going to give you the brief overview.
0: Yeah, there is uh, an awful lot to be said about this. Let's start... <laughs> yes. Let's start with American photographer Attila von Sasley was one of the first to try and record the voices of the dead as a way to augment his investigations in photographing ghosts. He began his attempts in 1941 using a 78 RPM record, but it wasn't until 1956 after switching to a reel-to-reel tape recorder that he believed he was successful. That's an interesting idea. Because of the Mm -hmm. note of the RPM, the revolutions per minute, does that, do you think that that was what actually stopped him in the early days, Pagan? Like, it just wasn't sophisticated enough to pick up on ghosts because, or spirits, I should say, because it feels like we're told sometimes EVP can be captured on the most basic stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. but maybe this was too basic.
1: Maybe it was. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I would have to dive a lot deeper into his work to really, truly answer that question. But maybe that was the case. Maybe it just wasn't advanced enough for what he was trying to do.
0: And I know it's not listed right here off the top, and it might be in our show notes later. I I came Mm -hmm. across a great uh, Tesla. We were talking about Tesla in our Twitch chat earlier as well. People were bringing that up Mm -hmm. and his spirit phone. Um, actually, I'm sorry, I, some, I mean, we, we did talk all about Tesla and the Spirit Phone, which is going to be a later thing, but I meant to say Edison. Edison was yes. referenced in some of these documents uh, as actually alluding to the possibility that we could pick up on things on the other side. So the idea that if we have sophisticated enough technology was what Edison was on. If we can refine it to the degree that it can detect... Things that relate to the human personality, memories, you know, all of the things that make a person who they are, we could theoretically detect it on the other side. And that's what this really hits at is using a microphone, trying to avoid as much interference with said microphone as possible. You're trying to get the clearest sound you can in a space so that you can actually hear voices, spirits, something talking through it.
1: Yes, that that definitely is exactly what... Um... We're going to call him Attila because of the fact that his last name is very difficult for even me to pronounce. And I feel like we're still butchering it. Um, (laughs) He actually continued his work with Raymond Bayless and they ended up conducting several numbers of recording sessions and a homemade apparatus that was actually used to try to limit outside noise and made it to where it was housing the microphone. It was an insulated cabinet. And it connected to an external recording device and speaker. They said that a lot of their stuff did not come through on the tape during the and didn't come through the speaker during the time of recording, but it was there when they listened to it back. So, I guess you could say that was the first, you know, way of them really coming through successfully of catching EVPs.
0: And it's very interesting. Doubling down on that idea that you really want to reduce any possible sounds that could be contaminating this, because when we really mm-hmm. get into discussing what is an EVP and all of that, you and I have watched a bunch of TV shows of ghost hunts. So
1: many for years.
0: <laughs> uh, ones that are done independently on the internet. Ones that are done mm-hmm. through large production crews on primetime TV. And we've noticed that you and I and many people in our chat have said, I don't hear what they are hearing. And that all comes down to, again, that idea that we, we were trying to get rid of gusts of air from ventilation things that may be coming in as a whoosh, that you know, someone's hearing that is then saying welcome or something like we're trying to cut down on any false positives to get the purest, mm-hmm. I guess, silence in the background. So you can say. Listen to this. Something is here. Something is here. And this wasn't me. I don't. Yes. Even if you don't agree that this is saying, hi, my name is Kyle. Maybe it's saying, you know, whatever it is, it is coming through. And that is something. It is not nothing. Right. A great
1: website.
0: Oh, continue.
1: I was going to say one of the things that in um, some of our sources that we found that they did say that it was one of those things that we may hear one thing but somebody else will hear something else because our brain is interpreting it differently and the other thing that they said that those who actually use like the ones where they break down the wavelengths and all that mm-hmm. and you know try to isolate the specific evp so it's clear and you actually can hear it actually can manifest evps and change the what you're actually is actually happening in those sounds to the point they actually sounds like there's something there when there actually isn't. So it was kind of one of those things I'm just like, huh, I never knew that. That's, that's very interesting. I don't know if that was ever the case back in the day, but it was very interesting to kind of hear that that's happening in modern day comparison.
0: That is an interesting one. And I, I think there's something there's a larger conversation that will be an undercurrent throughout this. Mm-hmm. Which I think is there, there is the very scientific way of looking at EVPs where people are really hell bent on finding hardcore evidence with it. We want very specific responses from the spirit. We want to know something very, very real. But then there is this other undercurrent that I think you and I have been absorbed with a lot lately, which is the idea of manifestation. And things using various means to come through. So mm-hmm. where I am a guy who pretty much outright says no EVP is probably going to get me out of bed. But EVP's coupled with other things, coupled with researchers that I believe in and I am, you know, following what they're trying to do, I think it can be a very interesting tool. But part of my reason is what you said with manifestation and, you know, manifesting some recording. I think a lot of it on my part is what your brain chooses to interpret. I think there's a lot of that. I think that some people can use it for the worst because some people just maybe overly optimistic with it. They're just, they're, they're turning down. It's very selective in what they're choosing to take on board. They're like, I'm going to use this clip, but I'm not going to use that because that one doesn't sound like a good EVP. I want things that support my point of view. But I think beyond Mm -hmm. that, there's that idea I'm spoiling a tiny, I'm giving you guys a teaser of our Michelle Belanger recording we did last night. But there was a mention of just, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but with, with ideas and manifestation, how how these voices coming through your brain could be, they could be talking through your brain a bit instead of actually Mm -hmm. talking into the recording. So what you're hearing then and there in the moment, because you're feeling that, you're on that energy wavelength, that that is maybe more real than what someone is going to hear at home in this recorded other variant of EVP.
1: Hard to put into words. (coughs) Excuse me. It is hard to put into words. And one of the things that I also came across was... The EVPs may sound different to individual people because the spirits may be trying to manipulate what you're hearing through your own brain again, like what you just said, but what you hear is meant for you and what the other person hears is meant for them. So they're communicating in two different ways with two different people. That is
0: very cool.
1: Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've not
0: personally witnessed... Uh, here, here is something I would like to see all paranormal shows get rid of, and it's it's mm-hmm. harder than just just waving a magic wand and having it done. Sometimes, uh, I would like to see the ending of one of the team members declaratively stating that their version of the EVP recording is right, that their interpretation of it is right, and that happens a lot in little subtle ways. And I don't think it's ever malicious or super mean, but when you hear mm-hmm. them talking about it, someone's like, "I heard Joe," and the other person's like, "No, no, no, it was Frank." Um, And then that Joe idea is just gone. No one ever entertains that Mm -hmm. ever again. But to what you just said, that could be a larger part of the story. What we need what we need to do is be writing down both of them or, you know, somehow cataloging Mm -hmm. what two people are hearing separately and then comparing them. I would like to see the end of the Pagan saying, I just heard it tell me to go buy a kite. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> it's definitely telling me to go buy a car. Like if we, if we yell over one another and like, you know, do that. I do think that diminishes the message a bit. And I don't think it's intentional. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's like people being mean. I think people are excited, but I think in people's excitement, uh, they're accidentally trampling on other good evidence.
1: They could be. And, you know, the other thing too is it, what we should be also doing mm-hmm. is writing down every, what everybody in the group hears and then checking it against the research of the area. And yeah. then you could actually say, you know, Frank is here, but there's nobody by the name of Joe. Not saying Joe's not here. Mm-hmm. We're just saying that Frank is here. Frank is in the lore, he's in the research, he's known to quote unquote haunt this place. So we could be actually talking to Frank. And at that point, then it really starts to kind of back it up. And then you might not completely discount the fact that Joe might be there as well. He might still be another ghost. And he doesn't like to talk to anybody, but he wants to talk to Kyle. He doesn't want to talk to Peg and he wants to talk to Kyle instead. And so that's why he gets to hear Joe and with the rest of us get to hear Frank. So maybe that's really what it is. I don't know. Uh, it's sure. it's one of those things that I think that we really need to look at EVPs in a different mindset. And, you know, like you're saying, nobody's really right, but nobody's really wrong either. So it's just evidence. Mm-hmm. And whether we prove it, we prove it. Whether we don't, we don't.
0: I think that's very, very well said. There's a lot of people that, that I trust in the community that take EVPs very seriously. And I hear them coming mm-hmm. up with, answers to what they think it is like hey, we said earlier i don't hear the same things but that is not enough for me to then outright completely discount it because i trust these mm-hmm. people in all these other ways and they have more experiences with evps than i do so i go you know what i don't hear that but like you just said Pagan, i think there's something to it and uh, I think with the phenomenon that we're investigating in general, whether whether when mm-hmm. all whether all these things are siloed, whether ghosts, aliens and fae and all the rest have nothing to do with each other. Personally, don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Or if they're all tied <laughs> together in some way, uh, I think I think what, this is, again, just one means to getting something bigger yes so i would also on Absolutely. that note i think we like you just said we need to take these in a different light just evps in general mm-hmm. i i don't think that they're the end all be all of evidence i think they're great ways to point you to further contact um but mm-hmm. yeah i would not i personally like teams that use a lot of stuff in conjunction just because it gives you a, a larger feel for the area michelle yes. though what i was going to say and i also kind of had a brain fart at the same time is talking about manifestation of entities out of nothing The idea that focusing on something, you and I have been talking about this for a while, but like Tulpa's thought forms, can you use these Mm -hmm. things to contact an entity that doesn't even exist? Maybe. Some interesting stuff we'll have to talk about in a part two. But before that, let's dive into (laughs) the meat of what actually makes these things work. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: So instrumental transdimensional communication, ITC refers to the use of electronic devices such as tape recorders, fax machines, television sets, and computers to attempt to contact spirits and non-human entities. These are usually standard machines used in non-standard ways to collect paranormal images and sounds. Well, you see that a lot, too. We see mm-hmm. a lot of investigators that are starting out. Nowadays, the market's actually uh, grown a little bit for investigators. There's a lot of wholesale spirit boxes and stuff you can buy that are specifically made for this. But, uh, you know, you think back to the the early 2000s and stuff when we were watching things on TV. A lot of it was just someone messing with it in their shop, making it more appropriate yeah for the ghost investigation. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, standard machines, non-standard uses. Auditory data is the most common type of ITC known as EVPs. EVPs are the sounds or communications found on electronic recordings that are interpreted as spirit or non-human voices that have been either unintentionally recorded or intentionally. And that Mm -hmm. gets into some interesting history on its own of... It does. (laughs) Figures all around the world tapping into this. I know I read of, um, oh gosh, I think it was a Latvian scientist that uh, started accidentally recording his voices from his dead mother, like all across Mm -hmm. the world, people when they were, when people were getting their hands on better recording equipment. And this is, I think some of these uh, are even in the 1980s, you see spikes of these where people just come forward with cool EVP stuff. And they oh, yeah. come in like big waves, it seems.
1: Yeah, they do. And I think that that's kind of also how the um, paranormal ten- world tends to work. Mm-hmm. I think that it goes through waves of there's a lot of energy, a lot happening. And they're like, oh, yay, everybody talk at once. Do it all now. And then everything kind of quiets down for a little bit and everything kind of gets a little chill. And then another wave happens and everybody talks at once. And I, I don't know if maybe during those times of the year that that's happening or the, you know, They said that in one of the articles I read that there was a lot of activity with EVPs associated around like 9-11 and Katrina and really big disastrous events, things where there was a lot of energy, a lot of fear, a lot of panic, and so many people just putting out so much energy that the spirit was basically like, yeah, it's dinner time. Let's talk. (laughs) Let's do this. Let's show the world we're here. And so they did that. And- they caught a lot of really interesting recordings, especially around 9-11. There was a lot that came through, apparently. And I- I'd like to know if I could ever hunt any of those down because I'd love to hear them. But, uh, it, you know, I guess that there was a lot of stuff that happened around that time period.
0: Well, and for that reason, I it makes me wonder as we're talking through here, uh, we've talked to pretty much all of our guests in some way, shape or form just to mm-hmm. the general nature of people coming through our discord and some claiming to have, you know, demonic infestations in their house. They're claiming all this activity. And our first instinct is to be skeptical, as you should when looking at a situation like that. Not necessarily to doubt that person outright, but to be skeptical of what that information is. Like, what are they actually seeing? Mm-hmm. And I do wonder, uh, in relation to everything that's going on in the world in 2020, how... How much increase are people getting? I mean, again, we want to be skeptical about it because you and I are people that believe that you being in a bad mood, that you being really excited energetically, that you can cause some of this manifestation, that you can reawaken things that may already be in your house um kind of much like you know much like putting water on dirt you can you know it's it scrubs off it starts to come off of the surface i think in many ways when you inject energy at something like that in that case you're the water and you start to like reactivate the things there they start to you know move around you might hear voices more you might hear whatever it is so it does make me wonder that 9-11 comment how much increase in evp activity and just in general hauntings are going on Right now, you and I started this podcast by talking about an increase in activity. We did.
1: Uh, I I can personally attest to that um, my farm is haunted. There's a lot of spirits that reside here. And we have a lot of new folks that have moved in this year. Uh, We don't know where they came from. We don't know why they're here, but they didn't really have anywhere else to go. So we just kind of said, welcome to the sanctuary. Don't disturb anything. So... I don't know. I think that there is a lot more spirits, obviously. I think there's a lot of confused spirits out right now. Um, You know, we talked about this a little bit about Halloween, but it it would be very interesting. You and I even talked about doing, um, I'm going to call it the Fort Knox experiment, because (laughs) any of you who have ever gotten to watch the Haunt Me episode of Fort Knox, if you haven't, it's on YouTube. Go check it out. We can link you guys if you'd like. Um, But they do this wonderful experience where experiment where they basically turn all of Fort Knox into this giant kind of battery slash altar and they get some really awesome stuff happen. And Kyle and I were saying that, you know, one day, someday we, we'd like to do that on my, my farm because my farm actually sits on top of a cave system. Uh, so it'd be very interesting to see what would happen with that.
0: Also, I think Pagan sold that a little little less uh, synchronistic than it was, or at least maybe I was, like, just shooketh when we discussed that last night because...
1: I was, too. Pagan,
0: <laughs> but- <laughs> uh, the, the in- literal imagery was in my mind. A very... Um, I don't want to say like this image actually like flashed into my brain from nowhere, but I will say the image was like prettier than I'm used to thinking up in my own Mm -hmm. head. I'm a very bad visualizer. I don't ever talk about this, but I have a really hard time putting images together in my mind. Like they don't actually formulate the way I I don't know. I was I fell and hit my head as a young kid really badly. So maybe (laughs) maybe that's why don't don't be a dumb kid jumping around on slick floors in your tile kitchen because that doesn't end well. Um, anyway, I have a very hard time at that. And so when we were talking about this last night, all this imagery of like Peggy and I being at her farm and like doing this, this, this thing, trying to use, uh, Elementals and spirit box sort of stuff just popped into my mind, and I dismissed it. I was like, "Oh, that'd be a cool thing to do someday," but it's COVID time; we can't. And then the next thing out of Pagan's mouth is, "I would love to do that in the forest." I'm like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> We're
1: literally on that it same note. It was very syn- synchronistic, and it was wonderful. And it was, it was so funny because I told my husband about it afterwards, and he was just like, "That will be wild." That will be so cool. We have to do this. COVID needs to go away so we yeah. can do
0: this. <laughs> yeah, we so, need to.
1: Um, he, literally, he was just like, when is Kyle getting on his flight? And I'm like, <sighs> um, COVID? <laughs> yeah,
0: whenever, whenever I have money and the apocalypse is over. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> that will be great. So for those like like Pagan gave you a primer, this Fort Knox experiment done in the Haunt Me series involves Katie Webb and the Haunt Me team, great investigators that try very <laughs> meta physical approaches, including divination with tarot. They use the traditional means of all this, you know, hardcore uh, technical equipment, but they push the boundaries in the way that Pagan and I really like. They push the boundaries of the mind, recognizing that the mind is probably the most powerful computer that, well outside of our cell phones that we have on our body so why not try and tap into some of its uh not so proven approaches but also believed in approaches you know everyone that's out there in the world whether you believe it is exactly supernatural or not you get weird feelings like you know what it's like to be in a creepy space and just have weird energy um if not Maybe you live too sheltered of a life and haven't been in creepy enough places. Because if you're in somewhere that's weird, there's a vibe that you hear even the most skeptical people just be like, I don't like this. So there's a lot to the brain in picking up and deciphering these like energy fields, brain waves. Like You can put on it pretty much any word you want, as we don't have a specific chosen one. But as we find that we investigate all these using the brain katie and them tapped into something larger than just the spirits at that fort and that's what pegan and i really want to do yeah and in that we want to
1: see what happens with that so anyway total sidetrack a little bit but it it also kind of applies because we we'd love to get some great evps with that yes uh
0: and i know we don't (laughs) have this like explicitly here in the notes but it is what we're going to be moving into talking about here is the frank's box um, so yes. to give you guys a little bit more, let's give a little, a smidge more primer uh, regarding that mm-hmm. Fort Knox experiment, where some of the most compelling evidence to me was Katie Webb and Dana Newkirk having spirit boxes piped into their headphones while they had blindfolds on. That's called the mm-hmm. Estes method. So a spirit box is where we get into the Frank's box, because this Frank's box is the predecessor to the more commonly used spirit box.
1: I was wondering that. I couldn't actually find that information, but it, it kind of was hinting at that. I'm really glad that you clarified that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I will... I didn't want to put that in the notes to make sure just in case I was incorrect.
0: You know, let me also touch on that and say I have always heard researchers say that the Franks box is the predecessor to the spirit box. And, and let's get into what makes it work and what makes it similar here Mm -hmm. so with the frank's box unlike a lot of other machines uh, listed above that we use for traditional purposes tvs fax machines tape recorders they all serve a purpose but unlike those the frank's box was specifically designed to capture evps it was an invented it was invented by amateur radio enthusiast frank sumption in 2002 who is inspired by a quote-unquote how-to hobby article about recording avp that appeared in the now defunct popular electronics magazine may rest in peace so (laughs) frank (laughs) believed that his design uh was instructions from spirit the spirit world and would actually really facilitate this connection uh the art i'm sorry basically As I was struggling to say, Frank believed that he received this design from the spirit world. It was going to facilitate connections between the living and the dead, also extraterrestrials, angels, spirits, and associated other entities from other dimensions. And in that way, Frank's box is a homemade radio receiver, but built to be broken. It does not have the scan lock mechanism that a traditional radio does. It's disabled. Therefore, this machine will continuously scan for radio frequencies at a predetermined rate, which is what we now commonly run around with called a spirit box, which you can buy on Amazon. Very, mm-hmm. very cool. So it is very cool. When we talk about spirit boxes, Pagan, and all of this, this connecting, like, what does it actually mean to be running through a scan, lo- like without a scan lock mechanism? Well, basically, it is sweeping radio frequencies. You may see this. This is very common in a lot of modern day uh, investigations. But it is mm-hmm. sweeping the radio spectrum. And in that errant white noise in between stations, that's when you hear some weird voices come through. Mm-hmm. I am a little bit skeptical of the things that people hear, pagan, out of spirit boxes on the regular. But again, I have (laughs) heard really compelling stuff.
1: Yes. And that's one of the reasons, and, you know, and we have talked so many times before about the Estes method. And this is one of the reasons why I really buy in more to the Estes method because it's not just that white noise. And for me having uh, MS and all that, the white noise actually gets to the point where it starts to bug me, Mm -hmm. the, the actual static, and it starts to actually mess with my ears. And it actually sets off my nervous system, oh wow, and irritates me. And so, for me to do like the Estes method, where I can just close my eyes and I'm focusing and I'm not having to be attuned to everyone else around me, I can just focus in on that. It doesn't bother me. Then it's totally fine. It's very strange, very bizarre. Um, thank you, Ms. For you know breaking my brain in that way. But you know, it, it in that way, I would say. It kind of gives me a little bit of an edge as an investigator because in that moment when you do the Estes method and you have the headphones on, you're listening to that static and that white noise, you actually get to a point where you start to tune it out. I actually tried this the other night and it just turned on like a white noise kind of um, machine, essentially. And it wasn't you know a spirit box or anything. It was just white noise. And you really do start to pick up some interesting stuff. And I don't know if that's your brain just starting to manifest it or you start to kind of... It lowers your, I guess, defensive mechanism to the point that it allows you to hear something else from beyond. It's a very interesting method. So thank you, Frank, for inventing this box and this method for all of us.
0: Yeah, it's it's I think what makes Frank's probably the most interesting is the fact that it was said to have been information from the other side. And yes, he also never commercially produced this item unlike no. spirit boxes which you can grab today the technical frank's box only 180 were produced i think the new kirks actually got their hands on one uh mm-hmm. and take that around with investigations and it is yielded some really cool results i know personally i'd love to play with a frank's box someday and i don't know i don't trust my own technical skills to make one but if i can ever find really good blueprints for it, it would be really cool to try because the components in it Aren't crazy. I mean, this is just radio no. ham radio stuff that people have been toying with for many, you many decades. The,
1: you can get the blueprints online, they, they are there somewhere.
0: Oh, I'm um, sure. I'm gonna shock I think they're myself. on his website. Oh, probably. I'm just gonna end up like starting a fire in a box though. So maybe no. I'll maybe I'll find someone that's a little bit better at, at <laughs> this sort of stuff. Uh, but it is very, very interesting in what sort of results came out of this, because I'm seeing a great note here. This is what I had heard a little in passing, but Frank Mm -hmm. used it to communicate with a collective group called, quote, the Others, whom he believed were Mm -hmm. extraterrestrials from another world.
1: Yes. It's very interesting. The more I read about the Others in doing the research for this episode, the more I'm just like, and it really kind of the others were one of those things that I'm like, are the others the third order? I got these weird Hellier kind of vibes, and the more I read it, I'm just like, nobody knows who they are. They don't communicate really with anyone else. Are they the third order? Hmm, maybe I don't know. Um, but for those of you who who don't know, um, the the third or- order order uh, is referenced in an interview in the secret cipher of the Ufnots. Correct. Yeah, and it, they they are quote unquote missing. So um, a lot of people are trying to find the third order and see what happened to them. And maybe Frank knows. Maybe Frank talked to them. I don't know. He just called them the others because he didn't really have a name per se for them.
0: And it's interesting because Katie and Dana in that Fort Knox experiment. I'm kind of teasing you guys with the the, the what I found to be the coolest thing in that entire episode was when they speak to something they refer to as, quote, the up, which, again, Mm -hmm. seems to be some entity that is above us, literally. Well, I don't mean, who knows, when you start talking about alternate realities and worlds (laughs) and, you know, phase travel and all that stuff. But, like, it was able to apparently manifest visual lights above them in the sky. It Mm -hmm. asked and responded to questions both in and out of order, as if it wasn't really responding in our linear time. And it definitely seemed like it was having conversations within itself through like just Katie, for example, who seemed to be talking back and forth um, to herself almost through what she's hearing through the Estes method. So it's a very strange, like this is an interesting phenomena. And for those who are extreme naysayers about anything EVP, or about the mind being a tool to connect with things on the other side, EVP is going to be a really, really hard sell for you, I think, no matter what. It's just one of those yeah. pieces of evidence that if your brain is not ready to kind of work with EVPs in, in the loosest of ways, if you are just hellbent on not accepting them, EVPs are going to be something that's going to be hard for you to work with. They're very common mm-hmm. in the paranormal space. I don't think you could watch a TV show that does not... Reference EVPs, but again, I think they're definitely used well as a component of research.
1: Yes, I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. And you know, going back to to Frank and the others, mm-hmm. in 2014, Frank passed away. Uh, he he's now gone, but the others had referred to him as a princess from another world that was inhabiting his body and told him often through the box in his communications that they were coming to get their princess back. And I will include in the notes, um, there was a basically auditory thing with someone doing who knew him really well, who did a Frank box session. And they said, Frank has departed. He is with us. And it was very interesting. I didn't hear those things. Mm -hmm. I actually had to like watch, um, watch it with my eyes closed to try to hear it. And then I watched it again to see what the subtitle said. I didn't hear those, but you know, again, it's coming through two different sources. It's coming through the Frank's box and then they're recording it again. And then it's coming through my speakers. And by the time you get through all that, I think something gets lost in translation because you're not there. So I don't know if that's, you know, it, he did hear that quite a bit. They called him the purple princess. They called him all sorts of stuff. Uh, they even called him the diva at one point in time. Mm uh they gave him very feminine kind of you know pronouns and names and uh i don't know if he ever really believed he was that but he never discounted it either so he just kind of accepted that communication and he said it came through so often that it was kind of hard that he couldn't discount it he couldn't keep you know he couldn't just say no no you're you're completely wrong i'm a dude (laughs) leave me alone (laughs) It, it just came through often that they that's who he was talking to and he was talking to the others when they were talking about it. I think that's so it was fascinating. Interesting. It is fascinating. It's very strange. And it's kind of one of those things that it kind of gave me a lot of Indrid Cole kind of vibes again because they say that Indrid Cole um, was a person here on this planet mm-hmm. but was also not of this world. And so it made me kind of very much question... Maybe he really was from another planet. Maybe he was similar to Enderd Cole, where Enderd Cole was human for all intensive purposes. And I say that with quotation marks. And, but truly did come from somewhere else and maybe was possessing a human. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that I, without sitting down and asking Frank, but in a lot of his interviews that I read, he was very set that they kept calling him this. And wow. He just, kind of let it be it was very interesting i'll give it that much
0: i this is that weird mental gymnastics stuff you we start Mm -hmm. doing in the paranormal field where it's like the truth is stranger than fiction uh i you guys again michelle bell and jay's thing november 13th it'll be on the the chaos and shadow feed the interview she we talk about the validity of tv shows and how Mm -hmm. Evidence can get misreported, misused, all this stuff. I very much, though, believe that specific investigators, it's the ones I just have innate faith in for some reason, like I just mm-hmm. trust them as people. I'll be watching them having these. And like you just said, they will continuously get extraneous, like strange, not what they're looking for, not like who they're trying to contact at all. And it'll come Mm -hmm. through and it'll be persistent. It'll come through multiple times. It'll be communicating about a subject that they're not trying to communicate about. And that to me is that evidence that I find very interesting. It's like if you were going to fake this, you'd make it say whatever you wanted it to say. Right. To some degree, whether that's in post of the episode processing. But no, instead, this thing came through up up you know through your script if you had one out the window like your your ideas for who you're going to talk to tonight are gone and now you have these persistent entities coming through and i refer to this in general terms because a lot of paranormal investigators claim to have this happen to them over the years where something will just keep coming through that they're really not trying to contact and that's that stranger than fiction thing where i go okay, well, what do you do if you got this thing coming through telling you you're an alien princess from, you know, another dimension or something like that, that they're coming to get you? Like, it's a very, it's very strange, I would say semi-hard evidence to work with. Like, mm-hmm. you can show other people the recording, not everyone's going to agree on it, but something's coming through time and time again. So what the heck do it's you true. do with that news? Like, what?
1: <laughs> And, it, you know, if... If you hear it once, then you just probably laugh it off. You hear it twice, you probably laugh it off. Three times, you start to get a little nervous. Four times, yeah. you're just like, well, maybe it's true. And you you start to really question it, I think, after. And I I want to say that somewhere that they he had heard it over like 50 times. Wow. So it wasn't just, you know, five, six times. It was a lot of times to the point that... He never really confirmed that he believed that he was this thing, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, he never discounted it either. So it was just it was one of those things that he got a lot of other really interesting information, too, that they had talked about. Uh, You know, a lot of these sources, you guys can go back and read them. They'll be in the vault notes. But, uh, you know, he talked about the fact that these alien races said that the world was in trouble. Um, that it was doomed and stuff had to change and all sorts of stuff. And it's really interesting that, you know, he died in 2014. It's now 2020. And we're starting to go, maybe the aliens were right. Maybe, (laughs) you know, and I, I don't know if that's really the case, you know, that there's a lot of other people who have caught information that's like, stuff has to change. Something has to give. You guys need to change what you're doing. And they don't really know if it's ever from spirits or if it's from the collective universal essence of alien extraterrestrial ultra terrestrial it's something out there that is basically trying to communicate and saying get your shit together and he got that too he got it way before any of the people recently have been getting it and he did talk about it he never really bought into it again but he did talk about the fact that he had gotten those kind of things so i don't know i i you know at one point in time he also kind of had this like I guess a mental breakdown where he said that his box didn't work and it was broken and it, it just never worked and it was never going to work again. And then, you know, a couple of years later, everything suddenly worked again. So I don't know, maybe wow. he went through one of those lull periods where stuff just wasn't communicating.
0: I don't know. Whew. That's a possibility. I mean, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, the, the problem, the, the, the struggles with EVPs on their own. Even for those mm-hmm. that fully believe in the process. There are a lot of pitfalls on the believer side as well. Uh, we we spoke briefly. Michelle talks about how you can potentially speak to your own manifestation. She referenced an experiment oh, yeah. that was done that I would love to talk about in a future episode. Because that would be such an interesting dive if we can pull stuff on it. But um, mm-hmm. I think the name was Philip or something like that. And yeah, I have to listen to it back. But she talks about uh, an intentionally intentionally flawed evp experiment that was done where they were going to speak with a spirit that they had created they gave it a name they gave it a background but they gave it very important tells, historically inaccurate pieces of information so that regardless of what's coming through on the box it wouldn't be able to manipulate like it wouldn't know the falsities that they created for this character and when they start contacting it that's kind of where she left off in the story. She's like, "Yeah, there we go." You know, they they spoke to something over there. Now, I would love to know the details of that. Like, what did that? Did did it come through as a complete like personal manifestation? We talked a bit on the stream about PK manifestation, <laughs> psychokinetic energy. That's. Put onto something, then it can grow some sentience out of that. Like this stuff gets to the point that my brain feels like it's stretching. Like ah, this is not (laughs) this is not what I. These thoughts are just obscure and they're hard to work with at times because they're so lacking tangential, like physical stuff Mm -hmm. that you and I start talking about elementals on other
1: planets before we know it, and we're like, how the heck did that happen? Yeah. That we were there last night in the same conversation about my farm and doing it, you know, the Fort Knox experiments and everything. Somehow we got into the topic of elementals and other planets and associations with Pan. It was a very interesting, wonderful conversation. Some days I think that Kyle and I should just record our conversations and just upload them because they blow y'all's mind.
0: <laughs> they probably would. This is all that hellier <laughs> stuff. Big thanks to Greg, Dane, and Carl, and Connor and Tyler for breaking our brains like yes. this on a regular <laughs> basis. Uh, because every time I like, I I just I don't know that to me again EVPs have gone from being what was considered like a holy grail to me saying mm-hmm. this is just a, a one one grain of sand in a larger thing like i don't know what yes. you're talking to on the other side do i sometimes believe it's spirits yes do i sometimes believe it could be aliens yes do i could believe it sometimes you're you're just again your energy is so psychokinetically pushed on something that you've created something you're speaking to yes mm-hmm. like you said earlier when you look at just p- pure white noise well, we say that the brain starts to project and hear things out of that. But again, the brain is a very good tool. It's very useful at doing things. So the mm-hmm. idea that, you know, your brain is creating something out of nothing, I think that by its own nature is not invalid. Like whatever your brain, whatever those imagery that you're conjuring up comes from somewhere, it's somehow a part of who <laughs> you are. And I think to that degree, you should listen to it. Does it always tell you what's going on in an investigation or case no, and I definitely don't think any one person should just stop their investigation because they caught some EVPs. Like, I don't, again, I don't no. think that's the end. I don't think you give up there. We see that a lot, too. We see people being like, I caught it. You caught something. Now, use that as the bread and cr- breadcrumbs to entice you to do more, is what I say. Like, mm-hmm. peel back those layers. Like Pagan said earlier, you know, then you incorporate it with research and other people's perspectives and yes. start to put together a puzzle.
1: yes. You really start to do that. And, you know, the other thing, too, is talking about EVPs and catching them or catching any evidence. I I believe it was Greg Newkirk that said in I want to say an hellier episode. Don't quote me on this. It could have been one of his other millions of things that they've done. Um, But he, he did say that it's true that no paranormal case is ever truly closed and it never will be. And I believe that 100%, because I think no matter what evidence we catch, no matter what we do, no matter what research we find that, you know, matches up with everything. And it's like, oh, hey, you know, Joe's here. Frank's here. We've figured it out. Congratulations. The case closed. No, it's just the beginning. Now you have to figure out why they're there. Now you have to figure out if they need help, if you can help them. You know, and it it just really kind of becomes this never ending process. But at the same time, as investigators, you also have to know when to say, I can't continue to push this case too far because I may be hurting whatever's on the other side with my quest for truth and knowledge and trying to understand. So that's why I think having multiple cases and multiple different investigations and even comparing notes between investigations, because the spirit world's all connected. So there's no reason why. Your investigation in Tennessee couldn't be connected to your investigation in Utah. There's no reason why it couldn't be.
0: That brings up a whole other fascinating conversation, which does <laughs> definitely apply because these spirit boxes and things are absolutely the, the, the ones that we hear the trustworthy investigators talking about do happen to be spirits that come through from different physical locations. Um mm-hmm ghost from Colorado appearing in Kentucky you know that that sort of yeah. stuff uh, I, I think Connor and Carl mentioned in Hellier how they had Eddie a ghost from the the hotel showing up uh, in, in the <laughs> cave to say hi for a minute or whatever yep. like it yeah it's it's fascinating and I do think again I think EVPs can be used. As a really good spot for people to enter the paranormal realm in the sense that you may find yourself actually communicating with something that is intelligent and can really open your eyes to what's beyond. Again, I never think Mm -hmm. that that's the point where you slam shut the investigation, your recorder and all that stuff and just go to the Internet and be like, I did it. You did one thing. It's it's worth sharing, but it's only (laughs) one thing. It's only one tiny thing. And you need to, I think, keep trying because – I definitely think you get some deceptive answers through these. I definitely hear, Mm -hmm. I think you hear what you want to hear sometimes through these. A lot of the time, even. And I would Mm -hmm. argue then, if you're sharing your EVP online, this is as a tip for investigators. um, You and I had a kind of a negative experience the other day on Discord with someone forcing EVPs on us. They are like, this is it. Oh, yeah. This is it. Mm -hmm. I will tell you as an investigator, that is the fastest way to get yourself, like, I guess blackballed would be kind of the word like don't all evidence should be respected in some way. But uh, in in that, I think we need to have that hubris and that understanding that just because, again, we caught something doesn't mean we need everyone to start bowing down and accepting that. It's just one piece of evidence. It's not enough to discount all the other work that's been done out there. It's not enough to it's definitely not justification to be harassing people about EVPs like we had, we had someone, oh Lord, no. yeah, they were, <laughs> they were going well beyond the comfortable line of like, I want to share this with you. It's like, believe me. I'm like
1: Right. And that's the other thing too. You know, if you're investigating out there and somebody asks, you know, what were you doing? Where were you? And you, you know, they start asking basically questions about how you came across this or how you got it. Please don't, take that as offensive. Take Mm -hmm. that as somebody is trying to validate your work by making sure there's no problem with fact-checking. There's no problem with saying, here's where I got it. Here's what time I was doing it here. You know, just back up your information because it makes you as the investigator much more credible than it would be if you're like, oh no, I'm not going to tell you anything. Because then, you know, me as another investigator and you're like, here, I want you to listen to this and you say no, then you just go, why doesn't you want me to know? Mm-hmm. And red flags start going off. So investigators out there, be willing to talk about your work. Be willing yes. to share it. There's no harm. There's no big secret. Trust me. So many people have been investigating the paranormal for so many years. It's not a secret anymore. Mm-mm. We all know how it works. <laughs> And we're just yeah. trying to find the answers together. That's so, it. Knowledge yes. together. Yep. It, it's, working as a together. Team. it's working as a
0: team, a large team throughout history. And you won't even work <laughs> with team members that are alive a lot of the time because you're, you're picking up yes. work from their books where they've passed, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. And you're like, I'm continuing this story to that regard. Again, you know, yeah, it's about being nice. It's about being courteous. It's about working well with other people. It's about working well with other opinions. It's about being Mm -hmm. critical of the things that you capture. Uh, It's also about, I think, presenting that information in a good way, which is kind of what Peggy and I think hinted at there too. Um, In the evidence that we were presented that was forced on us, again, this is I'm just using an example here so other investigators that catch this episode, maybe this helps you in some way. But uh, the, the video that was forced on Peggy and I, was a guy at a desk where we really couldn't see what was going on. Like, it was just, it was like a bust video, bust. uh, And and so all you got was this guy just sitting at his computer hearing EVPs come through. But in that way, we had no sense of the room. We had no sense of the guy. Like, this was a a video with not much context to it. So, like, I don't know this investigator, just someone on the Internet. Um, Mm -hmm. We couldn't see what their hands were up to. Since they're sitting at a computer, it brings up a lot of questions about... Could they be playing a track uh, instead of actually recording anything? You know what I mean? Could they just be playing an MP3 of, like, strange muddled voices? It's possible. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing genuine investigative work, make sure to give a lot of context to your evidence, too. Uh, try and debunk stuff for your evidence. And that's that's a really important thing is you should be working to debunk your own work. Never yes. working just to accept it point blank, like, oh! <gasps> You may have caught something truly amazing, and it's really exciting you, in which case use that enthusiasm, but also try and debunk it. Make sure it's not something else that could be coming through, Um, because like Pagan Mm -hmm. said, you're going to take that to the internet at some point, and people are going to be debunking it. So it's great to come into it being like, look, I'm in the video. You can see me showing where the recorder is, showing where this is, showing there's not sources that could be contaminating. Like That is just a great way to step up your own investigative work.
1: It really is. It really is. So... That being said, when it comes to any sort of EVPs and any method that you want to catch them, whether it be through, you know, catching it through your phone recorder, catching it through a dr 60 catching it through a spirit box, it doesn't really matter how you do it. As long as you do it with the peace of mind of understanding that if you can recreate a sound, then you need to debunk it, you need to be honest with it, and you need to be open to who or what you may be talking to not just a spirit it might be somebody from another world who just wants to come say hi
0: it could be pegan on that note what do you say we wrap up this episode on the frank's I box and evps great. well huge I think that's a great idea a huge thank you to you for spearheading this research this week this was fantastic I really enjoyed talking about this, and I hope this enlightens some folks out there. Again, we wanted to talk about it because it was such a big thing around Halloween. We didn't want anyone to feel like we were tossing their evidence into the trash pile, but we also want people to understand, like Pagan said, validities will be tested and stuff like that. So we want you know everyone to be, I guess, able to capture the best stuff the first time around. You know, on their first encounter Mm -hmm. out in the field, we want everyone to have the best toolkit they can mentally. You know, in your brain toolkit. Uh, not that you need to go out and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on this equipment. So go forth with some more knowledge. Go forth with the idea that you need to do your research on these things. You want to understand how they work so you can do even more with it. Also, Pagan, as we get rated apart here, we need to do a huge we- shout out to our founder over on Patreon, Red. Yes. Red got game. She is uh, actually, she just did a name change too, I believe. But Red has uh, mm-hmm. has a f- been backing us on Patreon since we started. She has been stepped up to the the founder level. So huge thank you, Red. We appreciate you making, making. we appreciate you allowing these episodes to be made. Pagan, would you also like to give them a little teaser of what's been going on on Patreon? Because you've been busting your butt over there between yes. the Ritualist Letters, the Tarot Tuesdays, and more.
1: Yes, we we did a wonderful ritualist letter for um, last month that talked about uh, all things Halloween and all the ways that you can participate in that. It's got great herbal highlights and it's got a rune reading in it as well, which is not what I usually do. I, I did that one special for all you guys to practice my, my runes. And... We didn't do a Tarot Tuesday this last week. Um, We actually did one on Wednesday because of Election Day, and it was a great healing um, tarot reading. So, yeah, we've got some great stuff coming up as well. We've got a new virtual slider coming up for November. Um, I cannot tease what's in it yet because I honestly don't know yet. I haven't really sat down to work on it. So as soon as I know, y'all know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like it there's just so good pagan you've been killing it with that stuff up
1: on patreon so there's also going to be a new article this month too and i'm kind of bouncing between maybe doing something on elementals because i've been working with my new elemental friend or um maybe doing something with Faye. i'm not sure yet i haven't quite decided i'll let you guys know
0: very, very interesting topics. Both they are. I cannot yes. wait to dive into those more. I cannot wait to see what you come up with there. I, I am very excited. Thank you to everyone that has been participating uh, with all of this. Those that have backed us on Patreon. Those that are <laughs> subscribing over here on Twitch. We are going very very hard with the content we're having a great time doing it and that's what's really important we welcome any of your feedback we also welcome those five star reviews over here on itunes spotify and all the rest i guess you can't rate us on spotify but anywhere you can give a rating we'll take it um Mm -hmm. that being said if you have not done so already uh if you're listening to chaos and shadow feed here on on one of your mobile players also open it and subscribe to the revelator morning show feed that one is collecting some of the other random odds and ends from our our morning stuff. So it's Pagan, myself, and Brian all here doing stuff. We we definitely record the Brian and I episodes. Those go up there as kind of a longer mm-hmm. one on Tuesdays. That's just us covering headlines. Very fun. Uh, we take the interviews. There's going to be a June Lundgren one hitting the feed there very soon. She did a, an episode with us yesterday on Twitch. We got the Michelle Bellinger episode coming out on November 13th on this feed. So keep mm-hmm. an eye on this. Uh, and we'll be back next week chatting more stuff. Peggy, what else? Anything else you want to leave to our listeners with today? Because I think we gave them a good rundown. I
1: think, I think that's a good rundown. We, we've got some great surprises for later in the month.
0: So everybody stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Check out the links in the description below. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Just take a second, read over them. We are active on many different places, whether it's the website, whether it's Patreon, Twitter. You can find us wherever you want to find us, the most part. It's all in the description below. Check those links. can find great things. And definitely go support the amazing people that have been coming by, You know, taking their time out of their day to teach us more on this channel. So to all of our interviewees, we thank you. You've been amazing to us. And we will be back. Back next week with more. So, Pagan, thank you again for doing everything you do. Let us chat soon. Goodbye, everyone out there. Goodbye. Goodbye. For folks on Twitch, we're still going to be here, so we'll see you in a minute.